Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com. But today is going to be the, uh, the final installment of our wholeness series. We've been in it a few weeks now. I uh, took a little vacation last week. It was awesome. So I got, uh, we got to go to a really nice hotel and spoil ourselves. My wife and I dropped the kids at Grandma and Grandpa, we, you know. Basically slept by the pool uh, for a few days. It was amazing, just telling you. It was my first vacation in three years and my first time not here on a Sunday since we started. So, well, not working on a Sunday. I've been on missions trips, things like that. Anyway, so I just want to say thank you to Scott Smiley, who's not here in the, at the moment, but he preached last week. It was so good. Come on, if you were here, you know. If you weren't here or if you need to listen to it again like I do, you can go to our YouTube channel. It's all up there, and that, you do not want to miss that. And he spoke about uh, kind of taking action, about moving into the realm of acting upon our wholeness, and he set me up really great. So today we're going to talk about, in our last part of the series, wholeness through our hands. Say our hands. Because the wholeness in our heart has to result in wholeness through our hands. Wholeness through. Say through. through. It means you're a purveyor. It means you're, you're releasing wholeness. It's not just celebrating you've got it. It's actually giving it away. Freely you've received, freely give, right? It's kind of a cruel joke if you're just like, oh, I got heaven in me and forget all of you, you know? You're supposed to give it away, amen? Amen. So I want to help with that today, and I want to speak to uh, a couple of things. And there's a couple ideas out there that all of our issues, all of our problems are really heart issues. Now, before you amen too quickly, just stay with me because I'm... You know, don't just, just stay with me. The, uh, some say all of our issues are purely heart issues. It's just about the heart. If everybody would just get saved, everything would be solved. You know, that's one idea out there. Here's another idea. That it's all about our hands. It's about institutions. It's about systems. We don't need to worry about the hearts. We need to worry about the systems. We need to fix the systems. There's these two seemingly opposing ideas out there. I don't know if you've heard these out there, but they're there. And they're very prevalent in the national conversation right now, Right? hearts and systems, and I just want to say it's actually both, and we need to take a both-and approach, not an either-or approach. The either-or only creates more division, because you got to sign up for one, like, oh, no, heart issue over here, oh, no, systemic issue over here. No, it's actually both, and we don't need that division. Are you with me? Both and. And I want to um, just burst your uh, churchianity 101 a little bit this morning with a couple things. One thing in particular, uh, Jesus was not a carpenter. Sorry. He wasn't. The word in the Greek is actually also legally translated stonemason. And I've been there. I've asked the people of Nazareth. There are no, it's not woodworking. That was the main export. It was stoneworking. And he's actually the corner stone and working on hearts of stone, and there's a whole bunch of stones being knitted together as a temple for the most holy God to dwell in, right? We are his living stones. Makes a little more sense, doesn't it? Anyone harms one of these little ones, a millstone could be tied around the neck or should be, it'd be likened unto that, right? A lot of stone talk. You know, we say there's always a pure version for every perversion. There's a pure version for every perversion because the devil can't create. 
if you've never heard me talk about this, all the devil can do is pervert, twist, change, adopt, make it the other version, the per version, other version, right? Not the pure version. So let me just say something to you because I want to. Jesus was the pure version of a Freemason. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know about Freemasonry, it's one of the strongholds of, of the, the demonic. I wonder why, because they were like, hmm, there's a Freemason. That's what we'll call all these. No? Yeah. So that was just fun. That was for me. But I have a point. I have a point. I have a point. My point is Jesus spent 30 years working with his hands on literal stone before he spent three years working with his hands or his spirit on hearts of stone. He spent 30 years working on the infrastructure of his city. Stone working wasn't like for nice stuff in your house. It was your house. Like he built people's houses. All right. He built waterways. He built walls. Infrastructure. City work, like, like you see those construction guys on the side of the road laying cement and stuff? Jesus, in his day. <laughs> he was working on the structure and format and systems of his city for much longer than he actually worked on the hearts. I just find that interesting. And it tells me the wholeness in our hearts has to result in wholeness through our hands. That's just a prophetic picture in my mind. Are you following me? Yeah, okay, good. And let me just say it this way. You know, if somebody is coming towards my house, going to do me harm, going to do my beautiful wife and two wonderful boys harm, all right, they're approaching my house with a weapon or just aggressively or whatever, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to pray for their heart. I'm going to close the door and lock it. And I'm going to go get my good friend Mossy which stands for Mossberg 590A1 Special Purpose. So <laughs> it's a gun. I'm going to get to a place of protective safety for my family before I start praying for anybody. <laughs> Why? Because wisdom, bro. I'll pray for him once he's safely outside. And now I'm not going to go enact vengeance. I'm not going to hunt him down or anything that crazy, you know. I'm going to pray for him like, wow, he would not be wanting to come steal my things or hurt my family if he knew who he was. And I will pray for him, but not until I get a system of protection in place. Both and. And our nation, our, our approach needs to be that. We cannot simply change hearts and leave institutions of oppression. Neither can we change institutions and leave hearts oppressed. I'm going to say it again. I need you to hear this. We cannot just change hearts and leave institutions of, of oppression in place. Neither can we change the institutions and leave hearts oppressed. It's both and. Wholeness in our hearts needs to result in wholeness through our hands. Are you with me? So we're going to jump into Isaiah chapter 55, 58 today. I love 55, but maybe that's why I said it. 58. And we're going to talk about something a little on the nose, and it might sting a little bit. But just turn to your neighbor and say, you're okay. You can take it. Just turn to your neighbor. Now turn to your other neighbor that you don't like as much and say, you also can take it. <laughs> Got him. Now turn to the person who needs it. Put your hand on your own heart and say, you also can take it. Yeah. 
<laughs> but God used Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He raised him up to rebuke Israel for acting spiritual, pretending to be spiritual, and leaving people oppressed. God raised up Isaiah for that specific rebuke. We're going to read about it. Because they were pretending to have it all together, pretending to be on it, but leaving people oppressed. Isaiah 58, verse 1 through 12. Let's read it. It says, this is, this is God speaking to Isaiah. It says, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. That's the word for holy. They come to the temple every day. And seem to be delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why. This is God saying, I will tell you why. I respond, it's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep on oppressing your workers. Just a side note. That means they would take a break and not eat, and they'd make everybody else work. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves like by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress and burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Just blink really hard. Just blink and repent. It's okay. Just blink. I know you repented. Just. <laughs> do not hide from relatives who need your help. Right. Just want to make sure it actually says that. Yeah, it does. Then. Say then. then. Say then. then. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors on Facebook. I'm pretty sure that's in there. Oh, sorry. That's the Caleb's literal translation, CLT. Stop spreading vicious rumors and pointing your finger. You people, you, you need to, you. Just, you know. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Take action. Yeah? Then, say then. There's good stuff on the other side of this, you know. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Did you hear that? The darkness will be as bright as noon. The darkness will be bright. Even the darkness will be bright. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. 
Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Somebody say amen. amen. That's who we're called to be. A rebuilder of walls, a restorer of homes. Sounds like what Jesus did for 30 years. Here's the deal. And those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Israel had a false fasting issue with no justice. Did you read that? Yeah? We have a virtue signaling issue with no action. Let me define the word virtue signaling for you. I'm just going to read it. This is from Webster's online dictionary. Virtue signaling is the sharing of one's point of view on a social or political issue, often on social media, in order to garner praise or acknowledgement of one's righteousness from others who share that point of view, or to passively rebuke those who do not. Okay, if you need to like get on Facebook and start deleting posts, I'll just look this way. <laughs> just kidding. Of course, no one in this room has ever done that. No one with this microphone has ever done that. Of course. It's the false fast of the day is what I'm saying to you. I believe it is just as egregious to the Lord to do that as it is for the pretending to be spiritual and not actually taking action towards oppression. I'll just say it. If you're going to post about it, please be about it or stop. Just stop talking. Yes, we should speak up for the oppressed, but that doesn't mean just talk. That means do. Why? Because we're called to rebuild our communities. That's our call. We're called to rebuild our communities. Not be known for being angry about all the stuff in our communities. It's okay. Remember you told yourself the truth earlier that you can take it? Remember that? Just, <laughs> just want to bring it to remembrance here. You know, when he said, even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers, that's just a picture of, you know, not treating labor fairly. Is that happening still? Yeah. Guess what? It is. It's a heart and a hands issue. Fast, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? Let me translate. What good is saying you are right if it just makes more fights? <laughs> what good is having the right answer if it just makes more quarrelsome conversation? It's no good. The way you go about it matters. The ends never justify the means. He's called the way for a reason. You're supposed to follow the way, not just get to the point. Selah. You need to follow the way. It doesn't please the Lord. It's a form of godliness that lacks its power. Paul said to Timothy, avoid such men who have a form of godliness but deny its power. Avoid them. So just ask the Lord and then write me a message. Tell me if I need to avoid you or not. All right, just you let me know. Just kidding. That was a joke. I need you smiling for a minute. It's like Holy Ghost anesthesia. It's like laughing gas. You know, it helps. The surgery going on. <laughs> Called to rebuild our communities. I love the last verse of Isaiah 58 there, verse 12 uh, of what we read in the Passion Translation. It says, your people will rebuild long deserted ruins. 
building anew on foundations laid long before you. You will be known as repairers of the cities and restorers of the communities. Isn't that good? Laid on the foundation of our fathers before. We're not throwing out what was right before. We're not starting over. We're not erasing the past. We're building on the righteousness of our forefathers. Come on, it's Independence Day weekend. We should build upon that declaration of independence and say, oh, we're going to see this come true for every people group in the United States. All are created equal. Amen? We're going to see that come to pass. We're going to see it fulfilled. It's not just going to be something we quote. We're going to see a fulfillment of it. That's building on the foundation that's laid before us. I want to be known as a repairer of a city. I want to be known as a restorer of my community. I don't know about you. And if we don't go about it the right way, we'll just be known as those angry people who are against everything all the time. You know, outrage culture, all that. There's like this supposed righteousness about it. It's the false fast of the day. Are you hearing me? It's okay. If the shoe fits, just kick it right off. Hallelujah. You're free. All right. In the footnote of the Passion Translation, it was very helpful for me this week. Um, he breaks it down, the author breaks it down to five things we have to do and ten results. So we're going to do it. We're going to do the five things and the ten things thing that I never do, that thing I never do. We're going to do it. Here we are. I like it. We're going to look at the five things we have to do as restorers of our communities. All right? And this is just a breakdown out of that scripture. So we're going to put all five up, and then you can take a picture or write them down, take notes. These are five must-haves, okay? Are you ready? Number one. Commit to banish every form of oppression in our lives, church, and society. We have to commit to it. Before we even begin, we got to commit that this is the goal. We're going to ban every form of oppression. We see oppression, we're taking it out with the garbage. Amen? We're going to ban it in our lives, our church, our society, every part of it. Say amen. Is anyone down to do it? Anyone down to say, I commit to that right now? So, come on, like, why do you need a spiritual moment? It's okay. I commit to this right now. All right, the lights are on. Yes, they are. Say, I commit to this right now. I know, churchianity has done a number on us. We commit to this, Lord. You don't have to feel spiritual to be spiritual. We commit to this, Lord, to ban every form of oppression in our lives, church, and society. Come on, put it on your lips. I commit right now to be that person. I commit right now in Jesus' name. Amen. That's number one. Number two, remove scornful accusation and criticism of others and their ministries. (laughs) Here's what we need to learn. This is a skill the church needs to learn. (laughs) Trace it into it. Here's a skill the church needs to learn. She lives for this. That's why. We need to learn how to call out the principality and up the person. We need to learn how to call up the person doing bad things and call out the bad thing itself separately and not assign the thing people are doing to their destiny. We need to learn that skill. And I give every single person here permission to rebuke me publicly if I ever call out a ministry by name or a minister by name or any of that stuff and criticize them. I give you permission right now. I won't do it. If I do it, I need to be rebuked. Because I want to be a restorer of my community, not just one who's got the right answers. There's a way. Yeah? Okay. That's number two. Number three, forbid to spread malicious slander. 
Like, like in November? <laughs> or, you know, any time between now and then? I don't care what their last name is. You want to be a restorer of your community? Don't do it. Don't share that post. I don't care how many likes it will get you. Quit slandering people that God loves. Quit slandering people that God thinks are to die for. Stop it. I know they might not, you know, oh, my gosh, agree with you. I'm the only person I agree with 100% of the time, okay? I don't even agree with me from last month. Okay? Let's get over it. Are they to die for? Yeah, you need to be able to answer that question. <laughs> Do not, I, don't care, I don't care who they are. Like, I feel like I need to name names now, like, just to make the point. <laughs> I'm not going to. But whoever is popping up in your head, yeah, that one. Don't slander that person. Unless you just don't want to do this. Unless you don't want to restore our communities. We need to find our path in the word. Amen? We need to follow the way. All right. Number four. Have compassion for the poor and disenfranchised. Compassion requires action. You know, it's, it's not compassion if you just go, oh, I feel bad for you. That's not compassion. That's pity. Okay? Compassion means you're moving. You're taking action. You're doing something about it. Not just talking about how something's so terrible, but you're actually moving towards it with a solution. The poor and disenfranchised. And I just want to make a note about the poor thing because I just feel like it's really important to say. You know who cannot help poor people? Poor people. You know who helps poor people? Rich people. Some of you are denying yourself the opportunity to restore your community because you have false humility over your finances. And you need to become wealthy for the impact of your, the people in your neighborhood. You're like, Jesus was poor. No, he was not. First of all, that's the guy who paved like, his city upstairs with gold. Like the, the cement he used is gold. All right? If, if the... <laughs> If the materials for the street he uses are gold, okay, that's a rich place, you know? We use tar and stuff like that. He uses gold. First of all, that's, and you're like, well, Jesus on the earth. Okay, you tell me, just quantify in your head how much money it would take to feed 12 teenagers for three years every day, three square meals a day. And by the way, never take an offering. Hey, you know what he did? For 30 years, he restored his city, became wealthy so that he could fund his own ministry. And you're over here like, oh, Jesus was poor. You know why you need a treasurer? Because you have treasure. Okay. I feel better now. (laughs) You should not be afraid of making money. You should be afraid of loving money very different. I love restoration and I need money to do it. I plan to be independently wealthy. Such you in on a little secret. I plan to be non-paid and the biggest giver in my church. 
But his house is really big. Okay, stop. Poor people can't help poor people. Okay. The disenfranchised, those who are on the outside, those who are not given the same opportunity. You know that, like, the way privilege works? I know I have privilege. I'll tell you one way I have privilege. I have an amazing dad. 99% of the people I meet do not have an amazing father, earthly father. My dad is the closest, one of the closest expressions of Jesus Christ in my life on the planet. One of the most Christ-like men I've ever met is my father. That's called privilege. And I'm going to leverage my privilege for you. Because he showed me the father. I'm going to leverage my, the thing about privilege is you don't earn it. You don't get it. It's given. Okay? I love Miles McPherson, his book, The Third Option. It's sold out on Amazon. I feel like I have a part to play in that because I've been talking about it for like three months. I don't know. Anyway, Miles, send me a check, bro. Um, <laughs> anyway, and he does a great job of talking about this. He's like, you know that uh, most things like school, everything are made for right-handed people. Anybody left-handed in here? Yeah? Wow, a lot of you. That's a lot. Usually it's not that many people. But you've experienced the difficulty, right? You know, finding a glove, right, if you're playing baseball or, or writing on a desk or filling out a form or the way things are set up. It's called right privilege. You're okay. You can laugh at that. It's called right privilege. Right-handers have privilege because things are built around that. Okay, you're all right. I'm going to leave it alone now. It's fine. There's this look. It's like, ooh, uh. Okay. Finally, number five, comfort those enduring suffering and tragedy. Comfort. All right, I'll step out of the way because your phones are going up, and I'm just assuming it's not for my beautiful hair, you know. I'll let you take a picture of the screen. Yeah. That happened in the first gathering. I'm like, wow, I must really look good. <laughs> just kidding. Finn's like, no. I get it. I get it. It's good. Comfort those who are suffering. Know what that doesn't look like? That doesn't look like, oh, just pray about it. Oh, just get over it. Come on, have faith. Oh, get your hopes up, man. Don't despair. No, it looks like, oh, my goodness, that looks like it hurts. I'm so sorry. And let me tell you, the other thing is heard much better once you're empathizing. <laughs> it's true that we should have faith. It's true that things are going to get better. It's true that he uses all things together for the good of those who love him. Yes, those are true, but they're not the first truth they need. The first truth they need is comfort. Weep with those who weep. Amen? Comfort. There are people suffering. There are people in tragedy right now. Okay? You might not have COVID or think that the death rate is that bad, but I know people who have it and friends who have lost loved ones. Let's turn our comfort up a little bit. Amen? So that we can encourage, put courage within. Amen? But you got to be close enough to put courage inside. You can't be at a distance. And that's all you'll get if you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Come on. Have faith. It's ridiculous. It's immaturity. And it's the false fast of the day. Pretending to be spiritual and leaving people oppressed. You okay? I have to ask every now and then. All right. Now for the good news. 
Those are the five things we must do. Say we must. Now there's ten in the same verse, these same verses, there's ten blessings, ten promises that come. Isn't that great? You do five, God gives you ten. Isn't that wonderful? Like, yay, all right? Hallelujah. Seems like a good Jewish deal to me. That's what it seems like. Jesus was a Jew. Don't freak out on me. Oh, my gosh. It's like these things, they, like, they come out only when we're live streaming. I don't say this stuff when the cameras are off. It's weird. <laughs> Ten promises from God about what will come from our obedience in this way. Okay, here they are. Number one, our spiritual light or influence will increase in our communities. Come on, say hallelujah. We need influence, right? Come on. Number two, discouragement and gloom will disappear from our lives. You feeling discouraged? Go give to some poor people. You feeling gloomy? Go find someone and empathize with their pain and get your eyes off of you. <laughs> discouragement and gloom will disappear from our lives. You know when I'm most happy? When I'm on a garbage dump or in a gypsy hood or a Palestinian refugee camp with the poorest of the poor around the world. That gives me more joy than these, this, I'm telling you, all right? That fills me more than this, way more. This actually kind of drains me a little bit. That <laughs> fills me. I'm not going to lie to you. If you want me to lie to you, I'll do the other thing if you want. Just ask. I'll do the other. No, I won't. All right. So, I'm telling you, the giving to the poor, giving, uh, setting captives free, yes. that brings joy. Hallelujah. Gloom will disappear. How does that sound? Doesn't sound good? Number three, God will give us specific guidance and counsel to know what to do and where to go. Stop accusing people and you'll hear the Lord. Let me just translate it for you. Remove scornful accusation and you'll receive specific guidance. I don't hear the Lord. How many people have you accused this week? In your mind, your heart, your mouth. It's probably, you know, has something to do with it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you guys are fun. <laughs> Number four, God will fill us with renewing grace even when we're surrounded by difficult situations. You'll have like a, an other source that has nothing to do with your circumstance. Doesn't that sound good? Come on. Number six, we will not cease to be an ever-flowing source of blessings to others. Everybody loves to bless people. It's better to give than to receive. You might not agree, but you probably haven't given enough to find out. Man, I'm sassy right now. Sorry. <laughs> I, I must need it. I must need it. It must be, it's just me. Good word, Caleb. That's a good word. You, you needed to hear that. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> Number seven, we will be given God's grace to rebuild lives and institutions in our cities, churches, and nations because you need grace to rebuild a city. You need grace to rebuild a life. Amen. You can't just do that, like wake up one morning and do it. You need grace for it. Come on. You need grace from on high to accomplish that. Amen. Oh, man. Number eight, we will take up the legacy of our spiritual fathers and build on their foundations. Come on. That's good news. Number nine, we will have a testimony of healing cities. Come on, isn't that great? I got a testimony to share. We, we healed an entire city. The day's coming. It'll get here quicker if you want it. Let's go. Number 10, 
because that's kind of regional, closer, is we will restore well-being to our communities, the very close-knit part of us. You know, your, or the people you hang out with. You'll be able to restore well-being to your close friends, to your people, to your family. Amen? Isn't that a wonderful list to hope for, those ten promises? I mean, that's amazing. Just absolutely incredible. So here's what we want to do. Because wholeness in our hearts must result in wholeness, say it with me, through our hands. Right? Wholeness in our hearts must result in wholeness through our hands. You know that I'm just remembering a picture. You know there's two main bodies of water in Israel. There's the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. You want to know the difference? The Sea of Galilee has an outlet. The Dead Sea has no outlet. It just receives, 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 never gives. That's how you get salty Christians. <laughs> That's not the salt of the earth that Jesus was talking about. Okay? You're just salty. I've been to the Dead Sea. You know, you can float on it because the salt content is so crazy high. Yeah. You get it in your eyes, it burns. You get it in your ears, it burns. You get it in your mouth, it burns. Hard to look at, hard to hear, hard to taste. Sounds like a bunch of churches that I know. Hard to listen to. <laughs> What's the difference? There's no outlet. And you might be saying, okay, Caleb, all this is good. What programs are you going to build so we can do this? You missed the point. You completely missed the point if that's your next question. I'm not building any programs. Here's the program. You do it. Okay, Caleb, how, 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 are we going to house homeless in here during the week? No, you're going to house homeless at your house. Okay, are we going we gonna to have a feeding the poor program? No, you are the feeding the poor program. You meet a poor person, you feed them. It's real easy. Efficient. You go a lot more places than I go. We got to flip this around from me doing the ministry to you being equipped for the work of the ministry. That's what this is. That's what we're doing, okay? I know, it's a little jarring at first, but it's okay. And part of this that's super important with this conversation is we need to learn in the church how to affirm those working outside of the church. We need to learn to affirm and bless running for Congress. Sitting on a school board, being a teacher, being a doctor, working outside the church. Because we got this idea that the most holy thing you can do is my job. That's ridiculous. Only some are called to this. That's why there's a lot of aggravation here. I feel like you don't have ministry here at the church. Well, because maybe you're supposed to be outside the four walls. Restoring communities. Let me break something off of you with one statement right now. There is no secular job when a sanctified person carries it. There is no secular job when a sanctified person works in it. You're there, it's no longer secular. You're there, it's no longer worldly. The church has been historically really bad about this. We affirm this, like, oh, thank God for the new pastor. Thank God for that person taking over the children's ministry. I'm grateful for that, I am. Philip's awesome, you know? But that's all we do. What about thank God for the lawyers in our midst? What about thank God for a new teacher who just graduated and is going into the school system? Why don't we affirm and bless that? 
That's what we're going to do right now. We're, gonna, we're going to bless those who, I want to be very clear, are called to be leaders in those areas. Because there are people in this room, there are people watching online who have been called to government. They've been called to media, entertainment, influence. Like what if our musicians, our celebrities, all walked in righteousness, peace, and joy? I'm not talking about wearing a Jesus fish on every shirt. I'm talking about living a life that people want. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Some of you are called to that stuff, and you aren't running hard after it because you're not sure it's all that holy. What if filling stadiums was holy with your music? <laughs> what if being president was a holy endeavor? Not just God anointing someone, but a holy person standing up and saying, I'm called to lead a nation with righteousness, peace, and joy. Congress, Senate, local, all of it. Some of you are called to infrastructure and to, like, design things better than Malfunction Junction. Please, somebody step into that place <laughs> and design Internet systems, or not Internet, that too, interstate systems from heaven. Please. Hello? It would make my life better if you stopped trying to be spiritual and do my job and just do what you're called to do with holiness, with righteousness, peace, and joy. Are you with me? So this is what we want to do. I want to bless and affirm that if you are called to be a lead influencer, a leader, you know in your heart you're called. And forget the false humility thing, okay? That's killing us. If you know in your heart you're called to be an icon, you know what an icon is? Someone to be modeled after. Paul was an icon. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He said, I'm iconic. Do what I do. There are people in this room called to be icons. And the church hasn't done a good job of blessing you. I want to bless you today. So if you're called to lead, to have a government position, have a major point of influence or whatever, please stand up. Come down here and line up. Yeah, come on. Amen. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Make sure you're standing. It's important. Yeah, come on. Give it up for these as they come. Come on. Line up. Maybe two rows. Two rows is good. Yeah. Come on. You can do better than that, church. Come on. Let's bless this. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Edward, where you at, bro? I'm like, where... Yeah. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I need everyone who's not standing to stand up. Gigi's going to play. And here's what I want. I want no one down here praying. Please don't pray. You're going to hear your church blessing you right now. And we're going to bless and affirm the call on all of these lives right here. So please extend your hands to them and lift your voice and say, I bless you as you follow the call of God on your life. Come on, out loud. They need to hear you. They haven't heard it from the church. They need to hear it from the church. We bless you as you step into media. We bless you as you step into government. We bless you as you take the lead, as you become icons in entertainment, in the government, influencers, in media. We bless you. Come on, out loud, church. All you know to say is I bless you. Say it a bunch of times. They need to hear the blessing of the saints. Come on, we bless you. And we, we affirm you. And we say your call is righteous. Your call is holy. Your call is holy. Your call is holy. You are called to walk in a holy position. There's no secular job when a sanctified person carries it. So thank you, God, for each one of these. Come on, give the Lord thanks for them. We thank you, Lord, for each one of these. Carrying your call of righteousness into media, into government, 
into influence, of your call of peace into infrastructure, into the school system, into the medical field, your call of joy into every area outside the church, outside the four walls. We bless you. We thank God for you. We are so grateful for every single one of you standing up and saying yes to what Jesus has called you to. We say you are not second rate. You are not less spiritual. You are the best of us. You are the influencers. You are the ones carrying the torch of heaven into the high places. Lord Jesus, we bless each one. In Jesus' name, we also bless those watching online who this is for as well. We bless you and we say, go, go, go. Come on, say it with me, church. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Run hard. Run fast. We need you. We need you to follow the call of God on your life. We need it. Please go. Please move. Please gain the skills. Learn the skills. Take the apprenticeship. Do the work so that you can rise up and be excellent for our excellent king. Be excellent for our excellent king. Be excellent for our excellent king. We need you. We bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, would you give it up for these down here? Give it up for them. Louder. Come on. We need you. 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 We need you, bro. Thank you. 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 We bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. Our hope is you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of everything you hear. For more great resources like this, go to trptampa.com.